I was completely unprepared for how things, how bad things were about to get. As we crested a steep hill at speed, we came down the other side, Xavier expertly hand, handling the car through a hairpin turn that came fast at the bottom of the hill. A break in the trees brought a blast of sunlight, which left me squinting until the windshield dimmed itself. Shit, Xavier said under his breath as he braked hard. My body strained against my seatbelt as I reached across for Finn, trying to keep him from hitting the front seat. Since he had been lying down, Finn somehow managed to brace himself on the floorboard with his front paws. Ahead, I saw all about 20 soldiers fan out across the road, their weapons pointing directly at us, their faces expressionless. Two huge military trucks barricaded the road in front, creating the perfect ambush with no shoulder on either side of the road, only a steep rock face on our left and a steep ravine on our right. Nowhere to go. Behind us, a dozen or more guys appeared, assault, assault rifles trained on us. Good news, guys. We don't have to look for them anymore, I said. I heard Xavier let out a sigh, but he said nothing. In front, a man wearing a black pinstripe suit came forward, walking carelessly as if every day he set up roadblocks and walked through shoulders bandishing assault rifles. The men wore a white shirt, open at the neck, no tie, and had a shock of thick blonde hair which curled down over his forehead. He pushed it back from his eyes, standing in front of the car as he looked us over. He came around to the riverside, hands deep in his pockets, smiled a white teeth, cheerless smile, and said, well, 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 what have we here? He bent down to get a closer look, whistled, and added, A girl, two boys, and a dog in one of our command cars? Such a motley crew. Either really smart or really dumb. The man turned to go, and over his shoulder ordered, Get out of the car. Check them for weapons and any contraband, I heard him tell one of the soldiers, a big guy with a thick neck, the only one without an assault rifle. It said he wore a wicked big pistol on his right leg. I guess a Desert Eagle, but it might have been a forty-four Magnum. Is this thing bulletproof, Sarah asked, not moving his head. What? Yeah, more or less, Max answered in a whisper. But you're not. Get down, Xavier hissed. I saw it coming, and somehow resisted the urge to throw myself down until we were moving. The car shot backward once Xavier popped it into reverse, bouncing over the soldiers who had been standing behind us. I had no time to feel bad for them, but the thought crossed my mind that the same people who orchestrated the deaths of hundreds of millions of people would not be kind of prisoners like us, especially once they figured out who Xavier and Max were. Then Xavier did something crazy with the steering wheel, breaking gas, and suddenly we were driving away, facing forward again as a hail of bullets peppered the car, digging and popping as we crested the hill again, this time launching in the air. I guess we were already going about 90. Maxine was right. The car held up to the bullets as promised. Awesome call, man, I told Xavier, clapping him on the shoulder. We were dead back there either way. He nodded, his eyes on the road in front of him as he picked up speed on the straightaway. We're not out of the woods yet, boys, Maxine said. I slid my shotgun from off the floor and pointed it toward the window, away from us all. The only one who can catch us is the dude in the black car, I said. Did you see those soldiers? Like one step away from being a mob of the change. No way they're catching up to us, even if they are driving a car like ours. We can't let them catch us, Xavier said solemnly. They'll torture us for sure. If we're lucky, they'll kill us fast once they've gotten all the information they want. Then why did we follow them, I asked in exasperation. Being ambushed wasn't what I was expecting, Xavier said. No one ever does. That's why they're ambushes, I told him. Xavier ignored me and said, we could split up. No, we stay together, Maxine shot back. Let's drive into the mountains, I said. We hot on one of the cabins, but we need to get on higher ground. It makes me nervous being down here with all those soldiers and the changed mobs rolling around. Okay, Xavier said. For the next few minutes, we drove, slowly climbing up into the mountains as a bad feeling grew in the pit of my stomach. 
I mean, I've more or less felt sick ever since the vast majority of the world's human inhabitants died last week, not to mention my own missing mother, but this was different. Then I could tell something was coming. Just as I had that thought, I came up to what a road sign called a scenic overlook. You know, a place where you can pull over and have a picnic under a shade tree while you look over the valley. To our left, the road fell away sharply to a deep valley of thick foliage. But ahead, I saw another roadblock in front of us that could have been the same guys we just got away from. This time, a black helicopter dropped out of the sky, never about a hundred yards behind us, just over the treetops. Far enough away that we might be able to catch a quick glimpse of the rocket heading our way before it incinerated us. If they used the Gatling gun autocannon, we'd be dead before we ever heard it. I looked at the shotgun in my hand. It suddenly felt about as useful as waving tweezers at an angry grizzly bear. It made no difference because the engine of our car shut down. Silence. Except for Xavier pressing the ignition button real fast and flipping switches. He even pumped the gas pedal. Oh, we all knew they had switched off the car. In front of us, the same blonde-haired man got out of the same flat car and strode over to us once again. Before, he looked menacing, but now he just looked pissed. Playtime's over, kids. Get out of the car now, we won't blow you up. If we get out now, we might never be free again, Xavier told us. They'll kill us or change us like the rest. What are our options, Max asked through gritted teeth. If I step out and start shooting, pretty certain they won't take us alive, I said. You're going to find out real quick who I am, Xavier said. And they'll hook me up and I'll be one of those mindless drones you see in front of us. I looked at the soldiers fanning out around us, only then realizing that what I was seeing was not military discipline built on months of hard training. As I looked into the lifeless, unblinking eyes, I caught a glimpse into how much their minds had been altered. What would they do with Finn? I shuddered when I thought about it, then racked my brain to think of a way out. To run. Anything not to be captured. Maxine put down her window all the way and yelled out, What do you want from us? Come now. Can't have citizens freely roaming about the countryside anymore, said the blonde man wearing the suit. Those days of anarchy are long gone. Look around you. There's no one left. The lives of the masses have been extinguished due to their own addiction to technology. The rulers will run the world. With some help from the drones, he added with a sweep of his hand to include the soldiers around him. He walked closer to us, his hands deep in his pockets, his head looking downward, brooding for some reason only he knew. You haven't answered my question, Maxine called out. Come, I will take you to your father, he said, his voice low. Max gasped. What? We know who you are, Maxime. We know your father and your mother. So smart, so beautiful, so ambitious. So let's go, Max said, opening the door and stepping out of the car. She strode up to the man, her finger pointed at his face. Don't even talk about my mother again, you murderer. I was 14 and way over my head, so I stepped out of the car and followed the pretty girl in a certain disaster. I called Finn, and he came to my side, but I wish he would run away since I couldn't protect him. I turned around to see Xavier step heavily out of the car and over to us. Weird, but I started thinking about all the great supplies we were leaving in the car. Probably never see them again. You can ride with me, the man said in a civil tone. Of course, you'll have to hand over your weapons. Leave your dog in the care of my drones. The man turned and headed toward his car with all the confidence and swagger, the man in possession of an overwhelming force at his back and all. Suddenly, I had an inspiration. Go, boy, I whispered to Finn. Get out of here. Go while you can. You can believe me or not, but I can swear to you that Finn McCool looked at me and shook his head. Go on, boy, I said, my voice stern. He looked at me, cocked his head, then looked at Xavier and Maxine. Xavier no nodded to him, and Maxine said, Go on, boy, while you still can. He whimpered once, leapt into the bushes, disappear disappearing like a deer, except for a swaying hemlock branch 
He left no trace. I turned the fall of the guy to the black car, still holding the shotgun in my hands. I thought about shooting him right then and there, but I did not want to be a murderer. Knowing what I know now, how he personally helped plan the death of hundreds of millions of people in North and South America alone, I don't think any court would have convicted me of murder had I shot him then and there. Truth was, I was still quite naive. Some might call that an excuse, but I no longer believe naivety is a valid excuse. A naive can't be just as dangerous as a person willfully commits a crime. The world is full of useful idiots who have helped to perpetuate horrific and evil acts. Even now, I'm still ashamed to think of how easily I might have dispatched that blonde monster right then had I acted. I couldn't bring back all the millions he had helped kill, but I could have stopped my friends and others from suffering. A snap of fingers made me turn around and saw a huge hand beckon beckoning for my shotgun. Around him stood half a dozen soldiers, the barrels of their weapons pointed directly at me. I held it up, and he snatched it from my hands. A second later, the whine of the helicopter blades in the distance told me the pilot was clearing out. Nothing to see here.